Hello and welcome to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest to discover how the spark of an idea set them on their fundraising journey. They'll explain why they chose their particular charity and share the highs and lows that invariably come with the intensity of fundraising. At the centre of each conversation is an emotional story of how inner grit and determination can lead to a lasting legacy for the fundraiser and for the charity. My chat to Rajinder Singh MBE, a.k.a. the award-winning Skipping Seek, was just the tonic and a reminder that doing something you love, in Rajinder's case, daily skipping since he was a young boy, can inspire others. During the pandemic, Rajinder began his lockdown skipping challenge to help inspire us all, young and old, to get active with funds raised supporting NHS charities together. And the YouTube clips of him skipping outside his allotment shed can't help to inspire us all to pick up the rope. I also enjoyed chatting to Rajinder's daughter, Minreet, about running the social media management of the campaign and how it drove awareness and donations. Not one to stand still, Rajinder also tells me about running the London Marathon for MenCap, and I have a feeling this won't be his final challenge. You can find all the details to the campaign and charities in the show notes. My thanks to Rajinder and Minreet, and of course to you for listening. So thank you so much for joining me on What Have I Done? And it's a podcast that really explores the stories and the people behind inspirational fundraising campaigns. And I really think that the Skipping Seek campaign encapsulates that so brilliantly, uh, Reginda. And I wanted to start before we delve into your actual fundraising events um, themselves. I wanted to understand a lot more about you and what makes you such a fan of skipping and okay. why it's so important in your life. Because uh, if I saw my father young age, he was army soldier and he's the one teaching me. Same time he's saying respect God, respect women, respect sports and uh, helping other people for charity and try to be not make enemy and try to make a friends. It's just given me a gift from my father. And as I'm long here, 72, I keep quiet. I never show to no one how fit I am because I do charity, small marathons, half or five and so on. And I carry on. Then I help the people and like you giving me blessing. I can't compare with money. That's what he teach me. And now for my daughter, she said, Dad, what do you do for charity for old people? I've done for old people skipping. But young generation like you, they're more interesting to doing with me, which I try my best. I've done in the past. Went in school as well in, in Brecknell. And children were so pleased. I wouldn't believe it. So those blessings, I wish I had a big bank to put a blessing in there. Wonderful. And so as a child, were you... Was your childhood spent skipping? Was that something, was that your hobby or your? was it a sport yes. that you were encouraged to take up? Yes, actually, I, I used to run with my father. But one day come in his mind, he showed me. And I, you know, about six years, not, not seven yet. And uh, I cry when he's jumping. He said, do it because I'm worried about it. I will, you know, fell down, a probe stuck with my feet. And he lifted me up. He said, don't cry, son. I show you again and try tomorrow. What he done when the next day we went on our farm to get grazing for uh, cattle. And he said, son, would you do it again? And then same time she said, oh, here is sweet for you. You know, for sweet. And I I get happy. I said, make my mind. Yes, try your best. Look, get a record of sweet. I was more interested in uh, sweets than, uh, you know, skipping. But when I try, I done it too. He got so excited. And he lifted me up and gave me cuddle. And then since then, then I done again. And, and he showed me running. He said, son, I'm very proud. You listen to me and you're doing it and carry on until you can. And that's why... It was just a rope, normal rope, which was not, you know, very bunky as well. So, so this bond began at a very early age between 
you yes. and your father, although yes. you loved your sweets, yes. you, you found a love for skipping at a yes. very young age. Very young, very young age. It's incredible. So you go, your childhood really framed your life and this love and this skill that you had of skipping. Yeah. Was it something that you carried on into your teenage and your early adulthood? Did it, did it stay with you? Was it a daily ritual for you? It is because rope is so easy. You can do anywhere. Tell me about then. Yeah. Skipping has been an important part of your life and running, you know, exercising sounds like it's a really key part of your life. Back in uh, 2020, we were in the, the we we're in the throes of lockdown. Yes. And I think you yourself were in isolation. How did the skipping seek lockdown skip? How did it begin? What was the what was the very start point of the idea? Actually, it was Sir Captain Tom, who is not with us. His daughter requested father. And then my daughter got link with her. And she said, my father don't want to show no one. He don't listen. But she said, try to ask your dad. Can she put your, you know, video of people, old people, which was taken secretly in allotment. And then children keep ringing this and, and it was really begin from there when Sir Tom doing charity and daughter said as okay I said make my mind okay daughter I will do anything for you because you're my daughter and she knew that I never show up no one so I that's see. how it begin I see and so I, Minreet your daughter Minreet could see that this was um would would make a really engaging campaign as we yes. in in fundraising terms the idea of this campaign such yes. a simply effective but brilliant campaign and yes. very often from from the conversations I've had with other fundraisers it's something very simple that sparks interest and grows very quickly so how did you feel about seeing yourself you're skipping in your allotment and suddenly you're on the you're on YouTube you're in the press you're you're giving interviews how did that how did that feel I feel really embarrassed you know like uh, when a person I try my best to believe in a nature and God we just given a name a different God but for me when I look upon you look anyone else who's listening nicely and I've seen so many people who they talk with me tears in their eyes. They are not crying. They said, what kind of people in the world born in India come here? Are you just hiding somewhere a long time? And I feel uh, uh, I'm not very popular. I don't want to show no one, but help everybody. Suddenly you become something and you try to hide somewhere. <laughs> you can't. I think that's I think that was um, really the inspiration for the name of the podcast. What have I done was certainly a feeling that lots of people have when they are fundraising of, you know, what have I done? This has suddenly become this has hit the wave and it's being picked up by the media and on social media. And for you, you're doing something quite quietly in, in on your in your allotment. So that did that change things for you or did was your daily routine the same? No, it changed because uh, I used to go like on a car. Now I go cycling, walking. When you go in a car and people, uh, you see it, you can't park car, talk, talk with them. Especially even I'm tired. When I walk, I just walking this person, exercise as well, but walking because meet people. They can't otherwise see you or meet you and they talk with you. And, and that, that's why I try my best to help them and they help me as well and they tell their grandchildren and tell their old uh, like a parents or grandparents even allotment when I go I open a door and they give me so much blessing I wish I can say better way and they especially said oh you're skipping sick because allotment we got a door and I try to not to shut the door because anyone can come and talk with me and uh, uh, how can I say, uh, so many times happen, I've never seen this person, as I know. But I said, you forget me, you so many people ask me. And sometimes people look like, oh, they're very awkward. But when they come towards you, say, hello, how are you skipping sick? 
how you feel it, how you feel guilty. And this is always our thing, hope, I don't start upset. Try to walk, try to cycle and stop and talk with them. And it's make me, how can I say, forget my hunger, forget anything else but talking. Yeah, it's yes. such a simple gesture, but it gives so much back. And I, I can see that from, from us talking, you're such a warm individual. And I picked up, I was just going through the Just Giving page, um, and I was picking up some of the uh, some of the comments, some of the wonderful comments uh, during your 2020 campaign, inspiring, uplifting, kindness. They were the, they were the sort of um, messages that were coming through from people that I presume you've never met, but who were donating to um, to your charity, the NHS Charities, which is a wonderful cause. And I wondered how you felt about the fact that you probably wouldn't meet all the people who donated you know you you, you don't you, know them do you no it's a very very good question very good question and i wish i can see them like a not just on a talking on telephone or or, or or one way than the other just on a video i wish i can see them until my last breath it will be my uh winning lotteries nothing or or anything else so this is my really desire, and I like the way you question me. In the past, I interviewed so many that no one asked me such question. But it's a very good question, very good. Well, I'm pleased that you like that question because I think fundraisers, um, it, is, it is very often a one-way experience, and, and I can totally relate to that. I, I, my own fundraising campaign, I, I probably knew... 10% of the people that donated and I, I also wish I could spend time saying thank you personally right. so I think that when your the reason your campaign was a success is because you were giving back to people they could see what you were doing they were engaging with you and you're also the warmth of your character comes through so you were connecting with these people who you, who you will never meet no. it's quite incredible when you were in your campaign the skipping seek lockdown campaign were you skipping every day at the same time were you what was your routine your daily routine uh another good question because i need like in this age 75 you need like a one or two days normally my younger generation if they don't exercise the next day or day after definitely must be just warm up or no exercise but I forget what oh, you done yesterday, not doing today. And then when I see it, oh, this knee bit paining, this arm is paining, why is paining? Okay, give them more punishment. This one is not paining, why this one is paining? So I try exercise, soon I done it. And I said, see, you done again, your legs, arm was paining, you must rest today. So yeah, how can I say exercise make me as I got, you know, from my toe, my foot to head arthritis, if I don't do exercise, but then not too much, not so too you, much. So you didn't increase your exercise no. uh, for for the purpose of the campaign. You just kept it. You listened to your body. Yes. And you exercised. You skipped when you felt well enough to skip. And what what, what benefits for for your body? What benefits does skipping bring? Because exercise, same time you're doing exercise, try to commit to yourself 100%. If it's not 100%, 90%. Because your brain watching what can go wrong, what can go right. And look around you when you're doing exercise. Don't hurt yourself. Sometimes when you do over, you get breathless. And you must try your best to mind and body and nature, three things combined, I want to do honestly. With the exercise, you must be honest. Not to just showing off, like a jump in something. You can't do it, but if you want to show it, don't do that. So if I was to start skipping, I do, by the way, Regina, I actually do have a skipping rope. And yeah. I, when I finish my run, 
I do try and do 50, maybe 50 to 100 skips Very good. outside. Very good. But I know just how hard that is. And, is. and I think I need to go on your training scheme because um, I've watched you in action. There's some amazing YouTube clips. You have, you have got such a relaxed posture. Yeah. You, look, you look like you're not even out of breath. I think it's yeah. incredible. So there's obviously a very skill technique to the art of skipping that I need to work on. But it seems to, to me that it's something that's just effortless for you and that, and that brings you so much pleasure. It is, you know, when you practice, they say practice makes you perfect. And that's what, uh, and they said health is wealth. It's all those words, you know, in India, English, I try to word those words to learn and try to follow it, not just learn it, not just say it. And I try my best. I can't do 100% everything, but I try my best. For those words are written, someone try to follow it. You know? Now, I was, um, yeah. I was very, very impressed. I mean, your campaign just reach so many different areas and, and the attention of so many people from um, the, uh, the Prime Minister presenting yeah. you with a Points of Light Award. Yeah. I, I saw that you met um, the Mayor of London. But I think the highlight has to be um, receiving an award from the Queen for her the birthday honours list. And I just wanted to touch on that, if I may, and congratulate you, first of all, for your MBE, but also... Tell me what that has meant to you. It is, uh, as I said, I when I went over there because so many people done so many things better than me, difficult one, and I feel embarrassed. I'm I'm not entitled to. I'm not entitled to. But God, you are great. You give me this health. You give me this body, and try to follow the wording elders given us. What United Kingdom done and what they want to do it. What I seen honesty. I try to do it honestly for everything, not just for exercise, but anything else like someone need help crossing roads and that. As long as you can do anything safely, carry on, carry on. But people will, some people, they will do uh, say that, do this, do that. You listen, listen, but try not to bluntly answer them quickly, and which is difficult. Well, I think it's a it's such a a wonderful fitting tribute for what you've done because uh, to when I was sitting watching Wimbledon, by the way, I was at my in my home on my sofa. I'm watching the I'm watching the Wimbledon tennis lawn tennis, and then I'm looking in the royal box, and who do I see? Incredible! And I was so moved by that. I was I was really moved for you because it was. It just what an honor and there you are wearing your your mbe as well you looked so smart and so um proud of yourself but as as i know when the reward was given uh, how can i say uh daughter was saying put this clothes on us i want to go simple way but then she asked them they said yes he can come and i just uh, went simple way and there was uh, i think was queen's cousin who come in a, when we have a break, 10 minutes or 5 minutes, I always want to see him. And when he said, sir, please, I wish I can touch your feet. He said, you are so humble. I said, no, me, sir. The way this country making us all who come here, so many peoples, and getting reward in Wimbledon watching, being nothing. And this is very, very big reward. I always watch Wimbledon, uh, Wimbledon when playing. Not normal tennis, but I, I love it. And Andy as well. When they're playing, I always watch on television. When World Cup and so on, not all the time I'm watching games, but when it's especially Olympic, I love. Wimbledon, I always want to see those grounds. You had the top spot seat. Yeah. That that there is no better place to be seated. Have you taken up tennis? Uh, I used to because of arm. Whether you know tennis, you, you get very you know uh, the car, uh, your elbow. Oh, tennis blah, blah. elbow. Yeah, and plus my shoulder. I hit you know few people they hit me accidents, and I hit on a road, but never went to many hospitals. But I tried to recover myself. 
I'm falling on shoulders still. I wish I can show you a click all the time on a Oh, bike. that's annoying. And I still love to play tennis. It's, it's a nice game. It and is. And I used to, used to jump those, you know, this uh, net in between from one stand and I show to my son to jump the other side. <gasps> and that's how I used to be strong. Good yeah. grief. That is, is incredible. Favorite, favorite because we got five grounds. And we, I used to take... Uh, uh, my uh, son and daughter, and now they've grown up. And I'm talking about, but they're still uh, 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 over there. And oh. every time I pass, and I drive one day, daughter said, "I said I'm thinking." She said, "No, Dad, it's too dangerous for you." And I know, you know. So we move on from the huge success of your lockdown campaign and the impact it had on the NHS charities, the fundraising that you made, the money that you raised, just under £15,000. The the appetite for fundraising, though, didn't stop there, did it? Because in 2021, the London Marathon was moved to October. Now, tell me about this, the idea of not running the London Marathon, but skipping the London Marathon. Uh, how can it was my daughter keep saying to me that you do skipping all the way? But I I said okay, daughter, okay. But then in my mind, every day thinking it's not possible, it's not possible. After two weeks, I think someone rang from BBC or somewhere Olympic or some some kind of committee, and they said he can't do skipping around the same times, and that's why I couldn't. But still try between. Uh, you know, like you give few uh, uh, seconds, 10 or 20 or 30, and I was really difficult. But I did finish uh, doing a couple of hundreds for different uh, cameras. They wanted me different, and I tried my best. And people looking for me, he done, you know, marathon, now he's skipping, and I tried my best. It was very difficult. Incredibly challenging for a runner but to add in that extra element of skipping yeah is quite incredible and this time you were running for a for men cap yeah it was men cap yes as the charity was there a was there a a connection with the charity or 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 tell me about why men cap no i uh, my daughter uh, actually they uh, request my daughter he can run for us and she said, okay, he will do it. And that's what I've done. And again, another very successful campaign, raising over £5,000. So the fundraising was continuing. But I think that, that what I wanted to delve into on this one was the the challenge. You know, the challenge to run a marathon yeah. uh, takes a huge amount out on your body. Yeah. And, you know... How did you get through that? How did you train for such a feat? Because I was uh, uh, running before on the hills, walking, running, walking, cycling, and I tried my best to finish it, not uh, to finish a stop halfway. Mm. And that's what uh, made me to finish it. Was there a moment during that marathon where you thought, I have to stop, I can't carry on? I mean, what, what got you over the finishing line? No, it was keep coming in my mind. I said, no, you carry on, you carry on. So I walk as well about a mile, then I run again, but finish with running and skipping. And do you think that grit and determination that you seem to have, do you think that just, was that something that you discovered about yourself within the fundraising that you've been doing? Or have you always had that? No, always i done uh, any charity. So many little one, a half i done cycling from Heathrow to Rygate and Brighton for charity and I will carry on. You have this resilience which I think is inspirational and I sense that in 2022 and beyond there's going to be other things that you're going to be focusing on. Would I be right? Yes, daughter is the one she let me know. Yeah. So you 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 have she has a chat with you and then you um you decide the next challenge. Yes. Are, are you hoping there'll be another challenge? Yes, yes. Will it, will it involve your skipping rope? Yes. Skipping, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And um, what I suppose what I want to just touch on before we finish is 
the success of your Skipping Seek, your profile was very much um, because I think of social media, of Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. They're all areas which for the younger generation is quite um, normal. That's a normal thing to do. But how did you um, adjust to that? And and for an older generation, if they're listening, what would what advice would you have when it comes to embracing social media? Uh, you know, people, whenever they can, they should involve, how can I say, everything, what they can do best. And you find you are fine about being on people's mobile phones on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter. Did that seem did that seem strange for you that your picture was there all the time? It 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 is because my daughter is the one doing everything, and so many messages I have not read all. But daughter, I feel sorry for her as well, and she's doing everything. But then she appreciated that what dad doing, uh, as she said, that you're going to like. I supposed to be today running buggy in our silly park until one half past one, but time taken off. She said he's not coming. Now I'm going Thursday. Still doing my timing, which I don't want to miss for charity, helping people's volunteer. I don't know. It's a different world when I meet people like you coming. Uh, so many people never been such places. Always think positive. I was going to ask you, Regina, did you ever sit still? I don't think so. You'll be surprised when I'm lying down on a bed, which I'm not you know, using proper bed. I just sleeping since my back problem on on a, on a floor, but always looking like a how is weather, what's going around the world, and then now I avoid to reading those things because some news depressed you, but others listen like a holy music or athletics or tennis or uh, snookers, whatever. You know, hardly I sit. I hardly sleep. Maybe in twenty four hours four or five hours and uh, I appreciate that as mm, long as mm. but I don't want to try to waste time I'm no. always I don't know it's always doing something so inspiring to listen to and I I'm definitely taking all of this advice that you're giving I'm listening to this and I think they're such wise words because it's what we do with our day it's what it's how we fill our life and I think also it's what we give back to our communities as well Keeping things simple and being kind are all the messages I'm hearing from you. And I've really enjoyed speaking to you. And it's such an honour and a privilege. And I wish you well. I will keep in touch with you. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of you from your allotment, from the YouTube channels and across social media. And I wish you well, Virginia, in your next 12 months. And you have inspired me to reach for my own skipping rope. I don't think I'll quite get to a thousand skips, but I'm hoping I can do 100 without stopping. You will do it. Don't give up. Help each other. We can make a different world. Thank you, Reginda. Thank you so much for your time. And I wish you well. Hi, you're listening to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. And now back to the conversation. Minri, thank you so much for joining me on What Have I Done? Um, I'm, I'm, I was so delighted to speak to your father about his Skipping Seek campaign and, you know, it was such an enlightening conversation. And I felt when I was talking to him that there was very much a team effort, you know, that, that you were working almost like a duo. And I'm really um, keen to explore with you how you got involved, obviously, at the beginning and and just sort of what the day your day-to-day life became because it it seemed to me that this this campaign escalated quite quickly so I think I'd really like to start with your perspective on when you recognized that this was something that that you could see was could grow and what was that seed of a moment for you I think for me what happened was when we went into lockdown and uh, my parents obviously are quite active and I think I just um you know I was receiving lots of messages from people regarding really negative news and it was very much about this 5G um conspiracy theory and I just thought oh this is quite depressing and if our community the Asian community um are going to they're obviously going to feel very much uh, quite isolated obviously the elderly community will you know we normally have lots of functions we go to the place of worship, the Godwara, we get together. It's very much about families getting together. 
And I just felt that, you know, my parents are very active and they're not really ones to sit around. So then I saw lots of things like the push-up challenge and all these other challenges, but I didn't see anything um, with, you know, the, the skipping challenge. So, you know, I woke up one morning and I think it was just after we'd gone into lockdown. Um, and I think my mum had just finished, had been furloughed from work. So I think it was on that that day that she got furloughed. So it was that weekend. And I just said to my dad, you know, let's start the skipping challenge. And it was a really nice day like it is today, quite sunny. We went to the allotment and we had one rope at home that he's always used. It's a very old rope, one of his leather ropes. And he skipped, I filmed him and I just tweeted the video that day. And when I had put it out on Twitter, um, everybody just kept on resharing it, resharing it. And then by the end of the evening, I can't remember, but it had thousands of views. And by the next day, it was something like, I think, I can't remember how much it was. It was something like 75,000 people were retweeting, sharing. And then I then took it to um, the media and Sky News covered it. So that's how the story, it was literally not planned. It just ended up just happening. And I never thought it would go, you know, it would go as big as what it did, but it did just for me pushing the story out and being a freelance journalist. I had the contacts in the industry. Um, there wasn't anybody like my dad and it just literally started off as a skipping challenge. We weren't raising any money for anybody. And then, you know, we came across Captain Tom's story, saw he was raising for NHS charities and we thought, well, why don't we do the same thing? Have skipping for a cause and a good cause. I can so relate to what you've just said, because not having a plan, but having this sort of sense of a feeling that you're onto something yeah, and not not over planning it and just going with your instinct, you know, that there was that moment where you woke up, as you just said, and it was almost like it was crystal clear for you. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to do it. And keeping it really simple as well, it seems that you just videoed your your dad skipping and you to post it on Twitter so that from a from a listener point of view and actually hopefully charities are also listening I I I would like to just talk about sort of the simplicity of a campaign right at the very beginning not this worry that you have to overthink things that it just you know would you recognize that you just have to keep things very simple and it can work brilliantly yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think you definitely have to keep things very simple because I think for me, there was no plan. And obviously, I, I had lost all work as a freelance journalist. And I've always, you know, the industry have always said, oh, in order to get a break, you've got to have like this really big story. And, you know, all of this stuff that I was told that I needed, I didn't realize it was under my nose. So there was no plan. And it made me realize how, you know, st- anything can be a story. It's just how you market it and sell it and the angle and how it's relatable to human interest. And it was all of that, really. You know, my dad was that person. If I had done the video or my mum had done it, I really don't think it would have gone viral. It's because my dad's a Sikh man, wears a turban, white beard. He was in his 70s. You know, he's very active, not really the norm in in our community anyway. Um, And we don't really see people like him. So it was very much, I think, just it was so off the cuff that, you know, I can't believe that we're now in 2022 and actually the story's still traveling. And you know, people still are messaging us to come into schools now. And, you know, he's being still called. He did an ITV interview the other day. And, you know, it just makes you think that some stories, they are on a high for a couple of days, you know, and then they just go and they never come back. But his story hasn't. I mean, it, we still get contacted. So, you know, I think it's something that I'm really glad that I did push forward because I did have one very big mainstream media publication reject the idea. They didn't think it was, the editor didn't think it was a story because they had covered exercise. So that made me feel even more determined, you know, because I knew that it's because of the fact that my dad's mm. off colour and this publication didn't really want to cover him because why would they? Because they just don't want to give people like us that airtime, right? So I thought, hold on a minute, this is definitely a story. And Sky News, you know, they covered it. They they saw it as a story and they covered it. And it was, I'm grateful to them, places like HuffPost and CNN. And once it went on to the BBC, it then went everywhere, really. It's quite incredible how something can organically grow. And do you think um, do you think it was from the moment of that Twitter post? Was that the was that your entry point? Definitely. The Twitter post was definitely um, it, it. I think that was it. I mean, I didn't I don't have a lot of follow. I didn't have a lot of followers at the time. Um, and basically that then helped me to build on followers, but also my dad's page. I set up a Twitter page for my dad and, you know, people knew then to follow him. So, you know, then I started posting everything there. So I think, yeah, Twitter is so powerful. I mean, I've only just about got to 5,000 followers now and my dad's on half of that. And he's only had his account for less than a couple of years now because mm. I set it up in 2020. Yeah, Twitter definitely was. And the retweeting and tagging people in. And it, I, I couldn't believe how it just went 
crazy on Twitter. I mean, in, in a good way, it's really good. I think is it because Twitter does get such a negative press nowadays. And when I first joined Twitter, it was a very warm, welcoming space. So I've always had that sort of background feeling, feeling actually if if you're kind and you do things well and with integrity and honesty, actually the community is encouraging. And it sounds to me like you had a, a good experience and that's that's really good to hear because I think Twitter gets quite a bad press generally. And I still think it's such a powerful place to start. It's a great entry place to start, particularly for the media as well, because they do pick up these stories. And what I see from your campaign and I, I want to just explore this a little bit more, is that you also post on YouTube, you also post on Instagram. Is that your background? Are you are you savvy on, on social media or do you just, um, have you learned this skill as you've, as this campaign has continued to grow? That's such a funny question. I'm definitely not uh, media savvy or social media uh, savvy, not at all, basically, because I, um, no, I'm not and I'm still not, but I just, do you know what? I just think it's a lot of it for me was faith, really faith, determination, perseverance. I just gave it a go. Um, and, yeah, and in giving yeah. it a go, I've just continued using my social media because I'm sorry to say this, but you know, we live in a world where, you know, the media are not really diverse. And I know that because I'm, I'm, I know from, from my experience, they're not, they are diverse for the people they want to have on their TV or in their media, but I've had to work really hard. And so now I use my social media because that way I don't need an editor or a commissioner to say, yes, you can cover that. I will cover what I want. And mm. the pickup comes from the media off the back of that. And, you know, for me, it was very much, it was just to prove people that actually, let's see what people that are following or people, new followers think. And I, do you know what it was? It's just so like, it, we live in a really like superficial world where it is true that people find that social media like even with twitter like you say it does get a lot of negative um you know that it can be very negative but i use mine in a very positive way and for me it's to inspire those that want to follow us and i've realized by using my own social media that there is a demand for this you know people look at me and my family and they don't see people like us because the comments say it you know that you know, you've inspired us to skip. Or for example, I've started swimming and I've become a swimming teacher. You've inspired me to swim and I hadn't swam for this many years. So when people say, oh, you know, or the media say, that's not really a story. We want human interest. It makes me laugh because my social media has followers that are of human interest. Yeah, they like the content, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's telling you. So exactly. So you're able to do your own market research. You can validate what you're doing because you, yeah. you're reading it. And there is, and you're controlling the message as well, which I think is so powerful. Did you, when you, when um, your father started the Skipping Seat Project, was your content different across your platforms? Did you know that, that you had different audiences or were you literally just in copy and paste you know, across the three platforms, or were you very tailored to your audience? Did you, did yeah. you see different types of audience? Yeah, so I kept my, I mean, I set up my dad's page. I kept his just to his focus of his work. And so, he, you know, so it was separate to mine. I mean, I was using mine firstly to share my dad's stuff. And then people were saying, oh, no, try and keep yours for your journalism work and what you do. So then obviously I used, I still do that now. His is for him, his exercises or, you know, his allotment or any, or his volunteering. Mm -hmm. And mine now has very much, I mean, obviously as a journalist, I do share my stories when I do them, but I'm obviously now venturing more into fitness myself as a swimming teacher. And so I focus more of mine around health and fitness all around me, but it's not focused just on the journalism. It's about who I am. So people can resonate and relate. And I really want to help inspire Asian, South Asian women. And my dad wants to do South Asian community, but the older generation, but also the younger. So it's very different. And then my mum, you know, she is 71. She's um, learned to hula hoop, skips, um, what else has she done? She's done some other stuff as well. Like, oh, she could do a plank for like five minutes. And my mum's is very... Oh, my yeah. goodness. Just let's hold that, that comment for a minute because I, I could probably do it for about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and my arms start shaking. And your mum can hold it for five for minutes. five minutes, yeah. Five minutes. Yeah, in a proper plank position as well. <sighs> never never practised it before. So that was something that I shared. And that obviously had a lot of hits as well. So, yeah, and she can it's tumble amazing. to fall as well. Oh, my goodness me. You, I, I mean, I, I've um, in researching um, your family and, and your father and uh, seeing seeing the amazing skipping that you yourself do, you are inspiring and uplifting. And I, that's what resonates, I think, for me. It's a feel good factor. So I click in and I see you and your mum swimming, but I also see your dad skipping in the allotment. And it just particularly at the moment, it gives a feel good factor. And I think that's what people possibly why 
successful campaigns work is that you're giving something back and in in return you're also giving something good back there's a sense of good feeling yeah definitely I think that's the thing that that's exactly what it is I realized but going into health and fitness you are actually doing something so rewarding you know because life is so short and you know I really wouldn't want to leave from here not having left a legacy or for you know you don't I mean I look at it because as a Sikh, you know, we always get told, you know, if you do good, you think good things, you be a good person, you do selfless service, this is what's going to happen after. And I think for me, my faith is a big part of my life and it teaches you to do good. And it, one of the things it does say is to be selfless and put others first. So for me, to go into health and fitness and take that forward, even as a, you know, a career or I feel we're doing good and we're helping others. And there is nothing better than teaching somebody a life skill, you know, whether that's skipping or swimming or, or even getting into running. I see the benefits and the smile and the happiness that people feel who think they can't do it because I was one of them. I hated exercise, you know, and my parents inspired me. So if they've inspired me, it's my duty to then inspire others. So I love this. You know, I think there mm. is nothing better than being in this as a, as a career, as a daily thing, as a personal thing. Uh, you know what, health and fitness, I just cannot, um, I just cannot credit it enough. I mean, because I hated it. I love it now. Exercise yeah. is so important for me. And that's not me becoming this size six figure. It's not even to do with that, actually, for me. It's not even a case of the figure or how you look. It's just about feeling good and getting active and doing something, but making exercise fun and a social is how I want to promote exercise because it shouldn't be about killing yourself because that's why I think I hated it. it was oh I have to go to the gym and mm. I've got to be indoors but it's because I mix it up and I bring people in I've made it as a social you know I go for a run with people and I'm not looking to achieve a certain time in fact I don't care about the time I just want to be able to run with somebody have a little bit of a chat but you're running and you're doing something and I still sweat so I just want to make exercise very accessible to those who feel oh, that's quite scary, actually. I can't run because I hear that all the time. I can't run. I can't skip. I can't swim. And I'm just like, no, you can. And I don't know who's made people feel like that. Yeah, I think it's because sports is not very inclusive to our community. I mean, they are trying to be now, but they're just not. So I want to be that change to say, of course, you can do it. You don't need to look at social media as these, as people who are putting like pictures up of how their body looks. That's what puts people off. They Mm -hmm. think, you know, and I just don't want to do that. I want people to know you can, and it does not matter what shape or size you are, because, you know, I'm, I'm like, people look at me and think, oh yeah, you're, you know, you're really fit because you're slim. That has nothing to do with it. You know, when I do the park run every week, there are people who aren't slim who are running faster than me. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think we, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know whether it's a female thing, but we do weight it on ourselves, don't we? We judge ourselves very much by that shape and, and yeah. um, there's so much more to that. Skipping then, when did you, I mean, did you, obviously your father was saying he grew up being taught by his father did, did were you a child were you a child skipper was, was it sort of going on in your family life was your father teaching you skipping at a young age yeah he did he definitely taught us to skip but he definitely made like he made encourage me and my mum to skip but I again I hated skipping do you know I only really fell in love with skipping after I saw how far my dad's story went and how he could skip for over I think he's done like two minutes 45 non-stop I mean I still can't do that and that's the way he skips. I can't do that. I can, I've learned different styles myself and that's helped me to build on my stamina. And, but I fell in love with skipping from the lockdown. I hated it before. I mean, I'd be doing like 2000 because I would just have to do it because I've, you know, my dad was like, oh, it's so good for you. But I hated it. I just hated skipping. I found it so boring. <laughs> and then now I've learned different styles myself. I put my, um, like my prayers on, or I might put some music on or, you know, I, and I think because obviously people see a, a Sikh woman in her forties, I feel like, oh, actually look at my dad and how he's inspired that generation. I want to do something different. So yeah, mm. I've, I've fallen in love with it in my forties, but I hated it before. I really did. Isn't that interesting? And, and I was looking at your profile, actually, I was seeing a pretzel skip, which just yeah. looked insanely complicated <laughs> I, I I mean how on earth where do you even how could you describe that to the listener a pretzel skip okay so basically it's where you are you put your one you put your one okay you have your one leg on the floor and then with the other leg you put that you put your arm underneath that leg so like you're hugging your leg you've got the rope obviously holding it as you would in both hands 
but just imagine that you know your leg is over this right or I'm right-handed so over my right arm and then you just spin the rope round and you jump and you jump on that one leg basically you know and I and this is the thing I couldn't do that before I don't know how I did it that morning because just before I filmed that clip I couldn't do it and I, again, I put this down. I couldn't. My mum was there. She was my witness. I think it was the prayers. It was about prayers and positivity and determination. And then my mum filmed it and she said, you've done, and then that was it. I was just like, right now. And then someone said, can you do the other leg? And I thought, right, you know what? I can't, but I'm going to try. And I could. And so it was literally not from loads of practice, some practice, but not something like, oh yeah, I, I still don't know how I did do it. And I've had a lot of people comment on that. <laughs> and is your dad now looking in the background going, mm-hmm, I knew you had that in you. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very much like, wow, like God, I know that, you know, you started skipping, but you've taken it to another level. So he's very much, he's really, really proud. And, you know, he does, yeah, he, he, yeah I think he's just shocked that, oh, I know, I know there's like oh. one form of skipping, but you've taken it to another level. I, I sense he's incredibly proud of you from what he was saying to me I, I really felt that. I'm very proud of his family as well and I, can we just go back to 2020 when you're in the moment of this campaign you've posted your Twitter um, uh, post and it's resonated it's hit that curve hit that wave and and there you are you're getting presumably um, press requests media interest how are you what's going on in your life are you suddenly juggling this campaign and work life or did you just park everything and go, no, I'm committing, this is it. I know this is going to get big. I'm blocking no. out time. How did you manage it? Oh, really good question. I mean, I, do you know what? I don't even know how I did. So I was obviously quite stressed because, you know, it, my mum was furloughed. My dad doesn't work. He's retired. I wasn't working. I'm a freelancer. And I was also studying a journalism course, which I needed to pass because that course in itself was very expensive. I needed to get an NCTJ in order to get a foot in the door on news. Um, so I was studying I was also trying, you know, I turned 40 in the lockdown, you know, and I'm single. I want to meet someone, you know, I come from a community that obviously people get married quite young. I'm in my forties, you know, it's like, oh my God, like people are thinking, well, why are you not married? You know, so I had a lot going on and I put on a stone and weight because I wasn't really exercising. And so my focus was my dad's story because it was, it was just me that was doing that. <laughs> you know, I, I had nobody else to help me with that. Um, and then I was trying to, I, I was just juggling so many things. I was juggling and then I was trying to get that break in trying to get some journalism. So then I, you know, managed to write a bit more, which helped me. I did mm. a couple of TV pieces, but yeah, I, I don't know how I did it. I really don't know. I mean, I can only say that I got my strength from, for again, from my faith and my parents um, mm. because I don't know how I did it, but I was busy every day booking all these interviews. We also um, couldn't film at the allotment because one of the people had complained how pathetic this is they complained to the council so we don't have a big garden so we couldn't use the garden so the garden center this is where the garden center in our borough came to the rescue and they said you know what because they were open they said come here anytime we don't need to do any of this risk assessment or anything we are just going to give you that space because what you're doing is amazing and so it was trying to juggle booking in the garden center with the media companies you know and yeah it was really hard it was really hard work Uh, well uh, it doesn't surprise me that it was hard work because I think behind every successful campaign is this engine uh, uh, that never switches off you you know you're constantly juggling so all the people that all my guests have 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 said the same thing it's full on and Mm. you wouldn't have it any other way but it's it's intense and I think yes that's um from a from a, a listener point of view I really wouldn't want anyone to be put off by that but I think it's it's really interesting to explore it because it is the common thread that I hear from everybody I've spoken to is the intensity of the campaign when it hits that curve when when it hits that wave and it goes you got to run yeah. with it absolutely Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. And I felt that, you know, that's exactly what I did. I just had to, I had an opportunity there, you know, and I I had this determination that I thought I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to give it all that I can. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did because I see now where it's got to, you know, we're going into schools, we're delivering workshops, not just around skipping, but my mum hula hooping and I'm skipping and it's teamwork, you know, it's team effort, you know, having parents who are in their 70s really grandparents to these young primary school children who again of a Sikh community it's very rare I you know I remember growing up 
And being at school, I didn't see anybody in their 70s coming into schools to do visits telling me how to exercise. So there's another unique opportunity here where, you know, not only have you got people in their 70s, but they're not just the norm that we see. They're people that we don't see. There are people of a diverse community, you know, and I think that's just amazing. I think, you know, there's something there. And I think that's something I would love to just continue taking forward because if we can inspire the younger generation to not be going forward on social media, on your phones, all of that, because we never had that. You know, for us, it was very much exercise, you know, and it was so different. I want to bring that time back. That is great to be able to know about technology. It's great to be on social media, but that's all I think children get taught. We need to take them back to the basics. The basics are fitness is everything in life. Your health is your wealth. Absolutely. And and hearing and also this cross-generational message as well. I think it's fantastic that children are seeing people from outside their generations. They're seeing different people and, and hearing different messages. I think that's such a powerful, um, a powerful message in itself, actually. And I sense with you, with your dad, with the skipping, your 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 hula hooping mum that you were just going to go on with this, that there's there's always going to be another chapter, that the one campaign has led to another, which will lead to another. And I think I think that's I'm sure in a year's time, two years' time, I'll be chatting to you again. There'll be something else that's risen because it, it's it's so inspiring to hear how your dad has approached this and now what you're doing with your life. Really, really interesting. And I'm oh. I no, I I I knew that I would be I knew that it would be interesting to talk to you about the social media side but I also knew very much that you were part of the particularly in 2020 the sort of the engine behind your dad because I knew that it was a partnership so oh, no, really it's interesting to explore that with you and what, you. what what was your connection with the charity how did that work because NHS charities together did you have any direct contact with them no, I was just, um, I just saw what Captain Tom was doing and I thought, well, we, we should just raise for the NHS as well. And so it was literally not any kind of connection with them. I mean, they did a letter to thank us. Um, but yeah, that was it. It was just something that I just thought, you know, you do at the time because we were in lockdown and the NHS obviously doing great work. And, you know, they were, they were our beacon of light and our strength at the time, you know, working so hard, working all hours in the day to help, you know, help people to get through COVID. So no, I just felt that was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. It's fan- been fantastic to hear from you, Minri, and I wish you luck with all your other projects. Continue something, continue pretzeling. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a go <laughs> in the privacy of my Me own too. back garden. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I'll be YouTubing it or, or quite that, but um, I'm sending you my best wishes and thank you so much for your time and your insights. It's been so interesting to hear where the seed of this brilliant idea has taken you your family your father and you know how inspiring you are so thank you very much for your time and being on what have I done I really oh thank you thanks Caroline I really appreciate it What Have I Done is a Just Voices production and is sponsored by Just Giving. Edited and mixed by Russ Keffert at Audio Egg and presented by me, Caroline Jones. <laughs>